This is Brother Walter Terrell with the Sowing and Reaping Audio Podcast. You just heard the West family singing Precious Jesus. And oh, my friend, let me tell you, he is a precious, precious Savior to me. And I'm glad to know that he is more precious to me than gold, than fine gold. And I thank God today that he is my Savior. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And today we're going to be looking in the book of Philippians. So if you got your Bibles handy, turn with me there to the book of Philippians in chapter number 4. And we're going to be reading today verse number 4 down through verse number 8. While you're turning there, let me say once again, thank you all so much for praying for my son. He has announced his call to preach. And if you'll go back to uh, the last podcast, you'll see where I interviewed him and, and or you'll hear rather where I interviewed him and what it was like to be running from the Lord. And I uh, do continue to pray for him that God would use him and that God would um, uh, train him up in the way that he should go. I know it's our job too as a parent, but still uh, with the Lord's help. Amen. Pray that God will open up doors for him to go preach the Word of God. And and uh, if you're out there today and you're interested in uh, the ministry that uh, we do, we reach young people all around the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as we go into the schools and teach character, morals, and ethics from a biblical perspective. And so if you would like to know more about that today, you can send me an email at waltzworld at triad.rr.com. 
That's Waltz World, W A L T S W O R L D, at triad, T R I A D, dot R R dot com for further information. Okay, let's look into the Word of God today in the book of Philippians, chapter number four. And we're going to be reading verse number four down through verse number eight. The Word of God says this Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And uh, let me stop right there for just a moment and uh, give you a little bit of my uh, prayer life. I don't mind sharing it with you if it can help some young Christian out there today. Um, I always, uh, every year, I ask God to give me a prayer verse to live by. I ask the Lord to give me a prayer verse to uh, put at the top of my prayer list uh, every new year with each passing year that the Lord lets me live. And this year just so happened to be Philippians 4, uh, verse number 4 down through verse number 7. Because you see, friend of mine, we need to pray to God. We need to not worry about anything, but uh, uh, go to God on the behalf of others with thanksgiving and rejoicing in our hearts, making our request unto the Lord. God longs and waits to hear from his children. Amen. God wants to know what we want. God wants to know what we desire. He already knows before we do, but he just wants us to realize whom it is we get all our blessings from. Amen. And so uh, this year, that just so happened to be at the top of my prayer list. I read it every morning before I pray. And uh, you do as you see fit. Okay, that's between you and God. I'm just kind of giving you what I do. And it really helps my prayer life. It may not uh, be uh, part of your prayer life, but it is mine and it really helps me a lot. But verse number eight this morning or today, rather, is what I want to take my thought from, which is verse. Uh, uh, verse number eight, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. As Solomon read for the sake of time this today, may God add his blessing to the reading of the Word of God here today. Each of us know that mankind is made of a triune being, meaning that just as you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, there's a trinity, so is mankind made up of a trinity. Every man is made up of body, soul, and spirit. The body allows us to interact with the physical world. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, when that body hurts, it hurts, man. I'm, uh, just this week, I uh, got gout in my right foot, and that's no no fun at all. That's the first time in my 49 years of living that I've ever gotten gout. And so uh, <laughs> I don't want that again. But the body allows us to interact with the physical world. The soul, on the other hand, allows us to respond to the intellectual and emotional world. That's where we cry. That's where we get happy. That's where we get sad. That's where we get mad. That's where we get glad. That's where we get uh, all those feels, amen? And the emotions, that's where the, it's in the soul. The spirit, on the other hand, allows us to relate to the spiritual world. Each part of this system is very, very important. Without the body, we would have no contact with the world. Without the soul, you and I would not have the ability to think or even feel. And without the spirit, my friend, we would not have the ability to commune with Almighty God. And of course, when we leave this world, the body 
it will stop to be a part of who we are. Even when the body is raised in the newness of life at the resurrection, when Jesus comes back, it will be a different type of body than what we were today. Because if we were to die right now in a spirit, uh, our soul goes on to be the Lord. Amen. Uh, our soul goes on to be the Lord. Well, we come back with the Lord and our soul reunites with the body and then uh, you get a glorified body. Amen. And so uh, that's at the resurrection uh, of the dead when Jesus comes back. Uh, and if you are saved, then friend, your spirit, like I said, is already made alive in Jesus Christ and sealed by him until the day of redemption, according to Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. In other words, the body will drop away and be changed, and the spirit has already been changed. And then what are we left with is the soul. The soul can also be called the mind. It is the seat of the intellect, the will, and the emotions. It is where we think, we feel, and we decide. It is also the place where all of the conflicts we face in this life actually begin. You see, the mind is the ultimate battlefield of life, my friend. There, uh, the mind is a battlefield of life. The Lord, the flesh, and the devil all are battling for control of our minds. Why is it the battle rages there? Why does the battle rage there? Well, because the word of God says in Proverbs chapter number 23 and verse number 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And friend of mine, we need to understand that this battle is raging that is raging in our mind is in fact a spiritual battle. Ultimately, it is a battle between good and evil for the control of our lives. And since this is a spiritual battle, we must fight it with spiritual resources. Now I want you to know, my friend, that you do not have to lose the battle for your mind, amen? You do not have to lose the battle for your mind. You don't have to be defeated in your walk with the Lord. You do not have to be a slave to worry and fear. Uh, you do not have to live a life controlled by the lust and desires of the flesh. No, no, no. You can live your life under the control of the Holy Spirit of God and hallelujah, hot dog, amen, and yahoo too. You can win the battle, amen. <clears throat> you can win the battle in the mind, the battle of the mind. You say, how might we do that? Well, it's not going to happen automatically. You've got to take certain steps that allow it to come to pass. I mean, you think of Romans chapter number 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and uh, be not... Uh, 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 Oh my goodness, it just slipped my mind. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, which is your reasonable service? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove whether that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And friend, as we take the steps, uh, we find that um, in 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 13, let me read it to you real quickly. Uh, I'll find it uh, as you wait on me. 1 Peter chapter number 1. And uh, verse number 13, let me turn there in the Word of God real quickly here. Um, the Word of God says this in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not the rapture, but rather the revelation. And you see, friend of mine, it's like this. Uh, 1 Peter uh, it. Chapter 1, verse 13, simply means this, to get a grip 
on the mind. We put ourselves in a position to receive the ministry of the Lord as, a re, as he renews the mind. And then we go back to Romans chapter 12, verse number two, where the word transformed and the word renewed uh, are both passive voice. Uh, they are something to and in the child of God. And second of all, we need to know that we do not have to do this by ourselves. Amen. I'm telling you, friend of mine, I'm glad that I'll have to go this thing alone. I'm thankful today that I serve a God who's going to go with me. Amen. Every step of the way, according to 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 7, the Word of God says this. Um, the Word of God says, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, he put it like this. He said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of what? A sound mind. And so therefore, my friend, let's look at all these verses that I've just read in your hearing and show you the Apostle Paul's plan for victory when it comes to the battlefield of the mind. Now I want to share you, with you four simple steps how we can win that battle, how you and I as children of God can win the battle of the mind. And if we follow these steps, my friend, it's going to help us to build a wall of protection around our minds. They will help us to achieve victory in the daily struggle that we all face from time to time. And so as we go back now to Philippians chapter number four, uh, we're going to read again. Verse number four, uh, where the word of God says is Philippians 4, 4. Um, well, I done lost my place here. Please uh, be patient with me. Uh, Philippians 4, 4. Uh, there's nothing wrong with flipping through the word of God. Amen. I love, I enjoy reading God's word. And you should too, if you're a born again child of God. If not, shame on you. Amen. If you do not love reading the word of God, shame, shame, shame on you. Well, Philippians chapter number four, let's begin reading now again in verse number four. We're going to see that we need to, first of all, how to win the battlefield for the mind or how we win the battle on the battlefield of the mind. First of all, we need to build a wall. Amen. Yeah, that's what I said. Build a wall. What kind of wall, Brother Walter? Well, number one, you build a wall of praise. You build a wall of praise. The Apostle Paul said in the first part of verse number four, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You see, the Apostle Paul, he commands us as believers that we need to rejoice, which means to be glad. It is the present tense, active voice, and imperative mood. It means that the believer is commanded to go on being glad in the Lord. Amen. I'm happy in the Lord anyway. Amen. And I hope that you are too. Now, let's face it. A lot of times, life does not lend itself to our happiness. As a matter of fact, when the Apostle Paul wrote these words, he was bound between two soldiers in a Roman prison. And still yet, the Apostle Paul knew that regardless of the circumstances of life, God never changes. Amen. God will never change. That is why we are told to rejoice in the Lord. You see, people are going to change. Circumstances will change. And life constantly changes. But thank God I'm glad today that we serve a God who never, ever changes. Amen. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. And since this is true, you and I who are saved by the good grace of God, we can rejoice in who he is we can rejoice in what he's done for us and we can rejoice in what he is doing in our lives even if the road gets hard remember that he has a plan for you and i he has promised to make all things work for good to those who love god to them who are called according to his 
uh, purpose. He has promised to go with you through everything in life. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's promised to give you victory. Amen. Uh, we have victory in Jesus Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. He has promised us that the destination will be worth every mile of the trip. Amen. Therefore, even when you can't be happy about your life, you can learn to be happy in the Lord and therefore, child of God, how are we going to win the battlefield of the mind? It's simple. We build a wall. What kind of wall? A wall of praise. We build a wall of praise. Secondly today, how do we win the battle on the battlefield of the mind? We're going to build another wall, which is a wall of patience. A wall of patience. Uh, Philippians 4, verse number 5, the first part of that verse says this, Let your moderation be known to all men. Now, the word moderation literally means gentle or gracious spirit. It means let your gracious spirit be made known to all men. I know what you're thinking. Brother Walter, some people are hard to love. Some people are hard to like. I understand that, friend. I've met some of those. I know that. And uh, even sometimes I may feel like I'm even hard to love or hard to like. But, uh, uh, but you know, uh, that's just the way it is. But I'm glad God loves me despite of my faults and failures. And, and if you really know me, you'd like me. I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to boast myself, all right? But um, anyhow, yeah, hey, if you're a child of God, you may not like me, but you got to love me. Amen? There it is. Uh, because uh, here by all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one toward another. Well, anyway, the Apostle Paul, he said uh, the word moderation, it means gentle or gracious spirit. He has the idea of being patient with others, of giving way to the rights and wishes of others in this life. It does not mean a compromise in doctrine, however. It does mean that you have a will to take the back seat in favor of other people. Uh, this is the idea of Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 4, where the Word of God says this. He said in Philippians 2, 4, he put it like this, the Apostle Paul. He said um, in, in verse, Look not every man on his own things, but, but every man also on the things of others. Let me read that again because I stumbled. Philippians 2, 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Friend of mine, it simply means put others first. And the meaning, the true joy, I know you've heard it. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. And so how are we going to build this wall of patience? Well, Paul is saying here that the reality of our faith should be demonstrated uh, in how we deal with other people. If we focus uh, on our lives in and of ourselves, then we hurt people. Uh, we, we Then when people hurt us, slight us, cross us, do us wrong, there's going to be a desire to retaliate and get vengeance. And, hey, friend of mine, I've been there too. And the Apostle Paul, he wants us to get the focus off of ourselves and get our focus involved on other people. When you and I are focused on those around us, we will be less likely to hurt, be hurt uh, by what other people do. What they say won't sting us so bad. How they act can be passed over more easily. I know what you're thinking. Uh, hurt words hurt. They really do. I mean, friend, there's an old adage that my that I learned growing up as a child. Uh, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Because friend of mine, let me tell you, words hurt. 
words can cut deep and the tongue is set on fire of hell according to the word of God. It's the sharpest thing in, on our body. The most dangerous weapon in, in our arsenal is our tongue. And friend, let me tell you, we need to choose our words wisely according to the word of God. And friend, they can penetrate us. Words can penetrate us and cut us deep to the bone. And But friend, let me say, when we put our minds and put other people first, it would be a lot easier to take when people hurt us with their tongue. When we adopt the mentality of self-love that is all around us, we will always look at the things people do and say as a personal attack. It will cause us to wear our feelings on our sleeves, so to speak, and be more easily offended by the words and actions of others. This will cause us problems in the mind as we dwell on what is done or what is said. Amen. Uh, you, can, you can say amen Oh me right there. That's true. When people hurt us, uh, a friend of mine is like this. We lay awake at night wondering how we can get back, wondering why they said what they said, and they're at home sleeping like a baby. Who's won that battle? They have. We haven't. And the battlefield of the mind, my friend, is, is a very real thing. But when we put other people first, then it won't hurt us as bad. It, we won't dwell on it as much. And like I said, uh, if we can learn to accept others and overlook how they act and what they do, it will protect our mind from dwelling in negative areas. Areas. It will build a wall of protection around the mind that cannot be penetrated by others. Therefore, we should be patient with others, especially when uh, it comes to winning them to the Lord. we got to win them to win them. Amen? We've got to win them to win them. We're not going to win somebody else just by... Uh, bucking up against everything they say and do against us. No, no, we got to be patient. The bottom line is if we can learn to live in genuine contentment, according to Philippians chapter number four and verse number 11, if we, you and I can learn to live in genuine contentment, according to uh, Philippians 4.11, not that I was speaking special want, it says, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Then it will not matter what anyone says or does. The mind will be protected from the evil it likes to find in others. Now, let me say this. The devil loves nothing better than to get your eyes off Jesus and on the faults of other people. Amen. He really does. The flesh loves nothing better than to go along with the devil in this matter. And when this happens, the mind is in terrible, terrible danger. There's an old TV commercial that uh, used to be about when I was growing up. I think it was about drugs. And it went like this. Uh, this guy come on there with a really deep voice and he said, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Some of you may remember that commercial here in America. And friend of mine, that is true. Our mind is a terrible thing to waste, especially when we dwell on the faults and negativity of other, peop of other people. So how do we win the battle of the mind on the battlefield for the mind? Number one, you must build a wall of praise. Rejoice in the Lord. Build a wall of praise. Number two, build a wall of patience. Let your moderation a wall of patience. And then number three, how do you win the battle for the mind on the battlefield of the mind? You build a wall of prayer. Amen. You simply build a wall of prayer. The Bible says, um, the Lord is at hand. Then he goes on to verse number six. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request, I mean, in supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You build a wall of prayer. Verse 6 warns against the very dangers of worry. The word careful has the idea of anxiety. It refers to a state of mind that is agitated 
over the events and circumstances of life. It's it refers to those who overthink in life. They are overthinkers. They worry about every little thing. Friend of mine, there is nothing wrong with having a concern for things. We all have concerns about certain things, but when your concerns uh, have you, then friend, that begins to be a big problem. The problems begin to arise. Worry is so dangerous because it allows the mind to conceive false notions about God and people. Worry says God is dead. Worry says that if there is a God, he is obviously does not care about me and my situation. Both of these statements are false because, friend of mine, God is alive and God is well and God cares about you. The Apostle Paul said nothing can separate us from the love of God. And, friend of mine, God loves you so much, he gave his only begotten son. And when the problems of life come our way, we're given some precious help in in verses like uh, Later part of verse number five, where it says, The Lord is near, not just his second coming, but he is always near to his children. Amen. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. We need to exercise the tool of prayer. In verse number six, Paul speaks of prayer, supplication, and request. These might be the thoughts of general praying, specific praying, or a detailed praying. The main thrust of this verse is that instead of worrying, the believer is to demonstrate his faith in the power and will of God by seeking the Lord in prayer. Then he says, develop a thankful heart in verse number six. Regardless of the situations you and I face in life, we need to just go ahead and praise the Lord anyhow. And through them all, nothing brings him nearer or drives the devil farther away than genuine thankfulness of the heart. The Lord's, promise, the Lord's promise to us all is that he will replace our worries with his peace when we come before him in trusting, humble prayer. That's the problem with a lot of folk today. They trust God enough to be saved, but they don't trust God enough to, uh, uh, for him to take care of their problems, and therefore we worry. Friend of mine, if we're going to win the battle of the mind on the battlefield for the mind, then friend, we need to build a wall of prayer. We need to uh, see that the Lord is near, develop a thankful heart, exercise, exercise, amen, the tool of prayer. And let the Lord know, and let us be, let it be known that the Lord promises us that he will replace our worries with his peace. The word keep in verse number seven, that simply means this, to garrison or build a fort around. It means to post a guard. The Lord promises, amen, to post a guard around the heart and mind of the person who trusts him with the needs of his or her life. Instead of worrying yourself sick about the things you cannot change, learn to lean on the Lord in prayer and build that wall of prayer, amen. And so how do you win the battle for the mind on the battlefield of the mind? Build a wall of praise, build a wall of patience, build a wall of prayer. And last of all today, in verse number eight, you build a wall of purity. Verse number eight, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And so all of these words that the Apostle Paul uses in this verse are a picture of the Word of God. Amen. It's true. And since the Bible is true, everything it says fits within the categories mentioned by the Apostle Paul. 
It is honest, which is honorable. It is just, which is right. It is pure, which is holy and clean. It is lovely, which is beautiful. It is of good report, which means good reputation. It is full of virtue, which means excellence. It is a praise that which tends towards worship. Amen. And what we have here is a call to fix our minds upon the things of Almighty God. The source for finding our uh, finding our about those things in the Word of God. In other words, if we will fill our minds with the Word of God, there will be no room in our minds for evil, worry, no room for fear, no room for doubt, no room for vengeance, no room for confusion, no room for trouble, no room for worry. Amen. A mind filled with and led by the Word of God, can I put it this way, is a stable mind. Amen. Not a double-minded man, a stable mind. Amen. A mind filled with the things of God is a stable mind. And if you want a stable, fixed mind, the only place to get that is in and from the Word of God. We are to take the initiative and force the mind to dwell on the Word of God and what it says instead of allowing our minds to run with evil and gossip or others and what they are doing and our problems and their problems and his problems and her. Amen. Let me tell you, friend of mine, if we keep our mind on the things of God, things will be much more better. A mind saturated with and fixed upon the Word of God is a stable mind. That is something that you must do for yourself. We wonder why we don't get much out of preaching in church sometimes. Well, it's simple. The answer lies in the fact that every day we allow our minds to feed on the filth of the world and dwell on the problems and the problems of other people in our lives. We allow our minds to worry over this, that, and the other. And I said it before, I'll say it again. We ought to be concerned about some things. But friend of mine, some things are not uh, worth being concerned over. We ought not to worry, amen, but we ought to, we ought to uh, uh, pray and trust the Lord that He knows what's best, and He does. And friend of mine, let me say this, worry is a sin that the devil uses uh, to control our minds. If we would give as much energy and time as we do worrying and worrying about the problems of ourselves and other people and, and, and keeping our minds on the filth of the world, if we would put as much time and energy to dwell on the Word of God every day, day by day, it would transform our time in the house of God. Amen? It certainly would. Well, let me ask you today as I close, are you winning the battle for the mind on the battlefield of the mind? Your mind is a precious gift from Almighty God. It can be used for good or it can be used for evil. And all the forces of good and evil are battling for your mind all the time. Who wins the battle is always determined by you. Amen. No one can control your mind, my friend, but you. We are told in the Word of God that we need to uh, fortify our minds, to uh, build our minds, to build a wall in our mind. It is our job individually. It cannot be passed off to another person. This is a very, very critical matter because how you think determines how you live your life. Amen. How you think determines how you live your life. I want to give you one more verse of scripture today before I close. And that verse of scripture is found in the book of uh, Proverbs. And I love the book of Proverbs because it, it's the book of wisdom. Amen. It certainly is. The book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And 
in the book of Proverbs, we find here in chapter, again, chapter number four, it's something about the number four. I, I have to look it up. I, I can't remember what it is, but uh, chapter number four and verse number 23, the word of God says this, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your mind. Amen. That's what that means. Uh, we are to see that our minds are in love with Jesus until the mind is settled all of life is out of control. So I challenge you today, my friend, I challenge you from the Word of God to fortify your mind, to keep your mind dwelling upon the things of God. And friend, in the battlefield for the mind, I'm telling you, uh, evil wants to win, but by the grace of God and by the grace of God alone, we shall not let evil win because, hey, you know, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It sure does. And friend of mine, we need to make up our minds that we're going to dwell on the things of God. How do you win the battle for the mind? Well, you build a wall of praise. You build a wall of patience. You build a wall of prayer. You build a wall of purity. I give you this story as I close today. Uh, several years ago, a missionary came to this uh, Indian village, this Native Amer American Indian village. Indian chief looked mad. He looked upset. Chief, uh, The missionary said, Chief, what's up? You look terrible today. What's wrong? Like you haven't slept all night. He said, inside me right now, war going on. He said, missionary said, well, what's happening? He said, inside of me right now, one good dog, one evil dog, both that battle. Both that battle. And a missionary thoughtful man, he said, well, chief, which one is going to win the battle? Chief said, hmm, whichever one me feed, that's the one that's going to win the battle. Huh. Wise words from a Native American Indian chief right there. Hey, man, wise words from the old chief. Whichever one we feed the most is the one that's going to win the battle. So there is a battle for the mind. Are you going to let worry win the battle? Fear, doubt, dread, the lives of other people, the problems of life, what people say and do. Are you going to let that win the battle in your mind? I certainly hope not, friend. Hey, we need to get back to putting our minds where they need to be, and that's in the Word of God. Well, God bless you today. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Brother Walter Terrell with the Sowing and Reaping audio podcast. And again, if you'd like to reach out to me and you'd like to learn more about our ministry uh, where we reach young people all around the world, you can do so by emailing me at waltzworld at triad.rr.com. That's W-A-L-T-S W-O-R-L-D at T-R-I-A-D dot R-R dot com or you can go to the anchor.fm app Pull up the Sowing and Reaping Audio podcast. Leave me a voicemail. you got an option there uh, to leave me a voicemail, and I'll get back with you. May even play it on the air next time. Okay? Well, God bless you wherever you're listening at today, and I uh, hope that you have a great rest of your day or night just on purpose.